0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good afternoon, everyone. Steve Taylor, host of MSP Webinars. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Bleem from Carver. Uh, Jennifer, I, I was actually looking at your your LinkedIn uh, the other day, and you've been in IT uh, a while you've been in since 2002 that, that it looked like you have technology. Um, she ran sales and marketing departments for Washington DC-based MSP. She is an expert in Connectwise. Uh, she's spoken at industry events from coast to coast, including uh, ASCII events, right? Correct? Uh, she's the captain of the most successful accountability group in the Robin Robbins community. Very cool. I'll have questions about that sometimes. And she is an Amazon best-selling author. So I just want to remind you guys, uh, if you have questions, please use the Q&A section. If you just have general chat, you can put that in the chat. Um, She said, bring it, guys. So if you have tough questions, she, she is going to answer them all. So without uh further without uh uh wow i'm really struggling today here take it away jennifer
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's Jennifer. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Steve. So uh, we are going to jump right in. One thing I appreciate, Steve, is that he he starts on time. He starts at the top of the hour, and that just shows a respect for everybody who showed up on time. So we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about how to use security to differentiate yourself from the competition and drive more profitable sales. I know that's a, a kind of, but that's what we're going to, we're going to jump right into. want to kind of talk quickly about who is Carver whose carvers are security? Uh, you know, why, why should you listen to what we have to say? So uh, we are a channel-only company. We are a global uh, channel-only cybersecurity company. Um, and I, I am happy to talk about where, where we have partners, but literally it's all over the globe. Um, and, and everything we do is around security. We exist to protect IT businesses and their clients from cyber criminals. And we'll talk in a few minutes why it's in that order. Uh, we are big believers that you need to protect yourself first, uh, you know, there's this, the whole Uh, you know, shoemakers, shoemakers, children don't have any shoes. Um, And and too often we talk to IT companies that aren't checking their own backups. They're not checking their own. uh, They're not necessarily putting out patches and things like that. You'll do that for your clients, but you kind of fall last on the priority list. So we exist to protect you and then your clients from cyber criminals. And we do this by providing best in class tools and a quality education and an MSP focused sales and security team. Obviously, today is uh, part of that quality education piece. Um, Steve and I connected about two months ago, said there were a lot of questions in the community about some of our tools, specifically Sentinel One. And so uh, we'll be talking about the tools a little bit today, but a lot of it is just going to be focused around selling security. How do you sell security, give you a tool to, to help you know help you make that happen much easier? We've been in the channel for a year and a half. Um, we have gotten a ton of awards from ASCII and Channel Pro. We've done webinars with um, companies like MSP Webinars, of course, and ASCII and Technology Marketing Toolkit and Datto. Um, so we are big believers in educating the channel on what kind of threats are out there, and then more importantly, how to keep yourself safe. So we've got a pretty aggressive agenda and Steve warned me we're gonna get a lot of questions, which which I am happy to bring, uh, happy to answer. I know I said, bring it. Um, listen, I, I am a firm believer in a very healthy amount of skepticism. Um, a, a lot of that comes from my background in the MSP space. I've been um, managing or selling or marketing for MSPs for years. Um, Steve made me sound really old. I, I'm not, apparently I started when I was three. Um, and so so I'm only you know 23 now. Now, if you believe that, um, I've got some some uh, land to sell you, and we'll we'll talk offline. But But, part of that healthy skepticism comes from the fact that we've been burnt before by uh, vendors that had solutions that seemed too good to be true, and then we jumped in, we got into some kind of a long term contract with them and and they they flaked out or they changed focus or the management changed or whatever. Um, and so you'll kind of see as we talk that a lot of what Carver does addresses many of the concerns that some of us have when we look at new solutions. So today we're gonna talk about the state of security today. We're gonna introduce you to that sales tool that I referenced a moment ago that you can use to have that security talk. And we're going to show you some sample packages and some sample pricing to help you see what other MSPs around the world are putting together as far as their packages and some sample pricing. Um, You may adopt them 100% or you may use them as what I like to call soup starter. Um, Sometimes other people will use them kind of as a a reassurance that they were already heading in the right direction with how they packaged or how they were planning to price. And then how do you introduce security as a service, both to your prospects and your clients? So again, aggressive agenda, we've got a lot to cover. Um, And and if you see me glancing way far over to the other side of the screen, that is simply to get an idea of how we're doing on time, because I I definitely want to try to end on time, if, if at all possible. So, we're living in this um, very unique time in the IT industry where all of the newscasts and the blog posts and LinkedIn and everything, they're they're all talking about the various hacks and threats and ransomware attacks and things like that. Um, and And we owe them a a tremendous uh, hat tip because they have done for us, and they have done for you, the first part of a marketing campaign. Which is to create awareness that there is a problem. And so your clients and your prospects have seen the same headlines we've seen, right? With the the wanna cries and the not yes and the intel chip vulnerabilities and the NSA secrets being sold on the black market and all of those types of things. And at the very least, they are now aware that there's a problem. And I'm not gonna belabor that point. I wanna show you just a couple of examples. And my purpose here in showing you these examples is twofold. Number one, as you see these things transpiring locally, grab the headlines, put together a, a, a sample package to show your users, your clients, your prospects exactly what's happening out in the marketplace. Sometimes they'll be local, sometimes they'll be national stories, but I'm just gonna give you a little sampling of the types of things that are out there, just kind of keep your eyes open. And I'll also share some real world stories where we've got additional insight that maybe didn't make it into the news. Uh so multiple sheriff's departments have been hit. Um the, the one on the left was about a year ago. Um a computer system got hacked, hit with ransomware, they lost evidence, they lost uh body cam footage, uh I believe email was down. In one of these two cases, uh their nine one one system was affected. They actually had to dispatch um dispatch officers um and and with a, with a pen and paper and a map. And and there's a part of me that wonders where they found dispatchers and officers who knew how to use a map, because that, that really is a dying art. You know, most of us just talk to Siri or, you know, plug it into our map program. Hey, take me to 123 Main Street. And we just, you know, kind of mindlessly drive there. But when when these types of attacks happen, we've got to go old school. And so that, that's one example this is a uh, 140 user law firm that that Carver was actually brought in on after uh, after the issue had happened. Um, and the, the facts of this one are, are just staggering. Uh, so this was a this is a law firm uh, five million encrypted files. Uh, they did pay the ransom at the time it was 25000 uh, $25, dollars. Obviously today it would be a lot more. And this says backups were corrupted. I I want to tell you the story because this is this is very important for everyone on this call to to understand. These threat actors were actually in the network for about nine months, and uh, they were actually uh, they were testing stolen credit cards uh, to see if those credit card numbers were valid or not. It never, never discovered. And one of the last things they did before putting in a back door and, and exiting, um, one of the last things they it was to change the backup routines to back up instead of the normal files and folders and all of the important things. They changed the backup routines to back up normal routine Windows system files. So corrupted is probably not the right word because they were backing up exactly what the threat actors told the backups to back up, but they were completely useless. And nobody noticed that the size of the backups went from something tremendously large, as you would expect with a 140 user law firm, to tremendously small when the threat actors changed it to just backup routine Windows system files. Uh, They simply, the the IT company, they actually had two companies in there. Um, Neither one of them noticed the size of the backups, both of them just simply noticed the presence of a beautiful green check mark. Um, and so that was one of the last things they did. The very last thing they did was encrypt everything and then they left. So, because there was no valid backup, the, um, yes, they paid the ransom. Yes, they got back most of the files, but they were actually down for two weeks. And the reason for that is that it took 39 hours to restore per terabyte. So so as you probably know, with a law firm, you can't just bring up the disparate systems. You've got to bring everything up almost concurrently. Um, So this obviously created a a huge problem. And um, that that's a very real scenario. Obviously, that's a a larger small business. Um, But this is this is small business America. Uh, last month, um, this is this is definitely larger. But last month, uh, Atlanta got hit by a ransomware attack, and we are right outside of Atlanta, so we we pay attention to these things when they're when they're local. Uh, but this is an article that that just came out this week that Atlanta spent 2.6 million dollars to recover from a 52 thousand dollar ransomware scare. So the ransomware only cost them 52 thousand dollars. I say only. I mean I wouldn't want to write that check, but in reality they ended up spending $2.6 million and that's in hard costs. That doesn't take into account, excuse me, the various soft costs and things like that. And the bulk of those expenditures were, of course, related to incident response and digital forensics, extra staffing, Um, also Microsoft cloud infrastructure expertise, and probably what they were trying to do was, you know, claw back the various systems that the hackers had frozen. And the unfortunate thing is that um, this is happening on a regular basis. This is a a story that we got from a Carver partner. He said, you know, we have a managed client that had CryptoLocker activate overnight. Now all of those files are locked. They need to pay $1,000 to get them unlocked. Obviously, we didn't have Sentinel-1 on the machine, and we don't even know how it got in or what machine it started on. So, um, you know, certainly $1,000 is not is not the end of the world, but then if this happens to your client, it's not just about the money. It's not just about the $1,000. You've got your own lost reputation. You potentially have lost reputation on the part of your client. Downtime, potentially a breach, what information did they exfiltrate, um, and, and all of that. That is then bundled up inside of um, a, an event like this. The other thing I want you to be aware of is Operation Cloud Hopper. Um, this is this made the news last year, but it really hasn't been talked about in the channel nearly as much as I think it should have been. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with a general fear over whether or not they are, you know, you as an MSP could be susceptible to Operation Cloud Hopper. What Operation Cloud Hopper is, it is a campaign by threat actors. Um, it, it's a group in the security community called APT 10 or Advanced Persistent Threat 10, and they are actually targeting MSPs, uh, managed IT service providers. And uh, the reason that they are targeting you is that if they can get into your network, they generally have unfettered, direct access to all of your client's networks, which means they can go anywhere they want to, not just in your network, but your client's network, gather whatever data they want to to gather, and then leave. And that's why they call it Operation Cloud Hopper, because if they get into your network, they generally can hop over whatever protections you have in place at the client site. So because of that, they put you into the category of a high payoff target. That means that you are in the same category, I I guess I could say congratulations, although I don't know that it's necessarily something any of us want, Uh, but you're in the same category as small governments, utilities, and MSPs, you know, who knew? So that's really the the world that we have to live with today. I mean, that is the reality. Um, when you think about cybersecurity, you think about ransomware, you think about threat actors. Um, it, it's easy to get a little bit concerned. It's easy to want to maybe put our heads in the sand and hope that it'll go away and happen to the other guy. Uh, but I want to encourage you to, to pivot that thinking just a little bit for the next 45 minutes or so and um, ask yourself if you are capitalizing on the cybersecurity opportunity. Because as I mentioned, the the headlines, the various news broadcasts and posts and blogs and conversations that people are having have, have really brought you to a unique time in history where people are now aware that they need better security solutions. And thankfully, we now have technology that can actually deliver better security solutions. So there was actually an article um, in Channel EDE near the end of last year that said why MSP should provide security solutions um, that. That they said exactly what we had been saying for about a year, which is that SMBs are reading the headlines, they realize they need better security, and very soon they're either going to buy security services from your company, or they're going to find another MSP that can protect them, in addition to providing the services that you are currently offering. And I know from firsthand experience how frustrating it is to work long and hard to gain a client and to gain that client's trust, and then they turn around and either buy a single service from another provider, their security, all their IT, all their infrastructure, their phones, their haws, everything from another provider. So I'd rather them buy it from you so what we are going to do is is talk through how to have that conversation with your conversation the prospect conversation is very similar <clears throat> i think most of you will be able to take what i'm talking about specific to clients and and just shift the conversation slightly. Uh, How do you have that conversation with prospects as well? But especially with clients, it is so important because you've got to protect your base. I don't want to see your, your base of clients get eroded because you're not providing them with security solutions. So we equate this conversation that you're going to have with your clients to that conversation, maybe dreaded or not, uh, the birds and the bees conversation with one of your children. Um, For me, I have three boys. So I always picture the conversation, you know, I, I totally pass this off to my husband and say, hey, honey, we didn't have any girls. If we had girls, I would have this conversation. So You got to have this conversation with the boys. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to go grab some coffee. See you later. Bye. Um, So totally, totally abdicate that conversation to him. But the reason we uh, we equate the conversation about security with your clients to the conversation about the birds and the bees is that it's uncomfortable. It is not normally something that you discuss in public. I I doubt that most of you, you know, sat around the Thanksgiving table or the, you know, Christmas dinner and said, hey, what are you guys using for firewalls and backups and uh, antivirus? You may have done that at your team meeting, but I'm not talking about the team meeting. I'm talking about um, Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter or whatever you celebrate with your family. Uh, It's just not normally something that you talk about. You may not know exactly what you want to say. You certainly understand the basics. You understand why you need layers of security, but you don't, you don't know how to articulate it well. And so again, it kind of goes back to having, it feels just a little bit uncomfortable, but ultimately hope is not a strategy and typically your clients are not going to ask. So how does that conversation go down? I'm gonna provide you with a quick little outline. Um, First of all, a little pep talk to yourself before you walk into this conversation. You know, you have a responsibility, and if you're like me and you talk to yourself, you're gonna say, okay, self, I have a responsibility. I know my clients have heard the news, I know they've got questions, and so it's my job to answer those questions and so that's kind of your your quick pep talk to yourself before you walk in and then you're going to say to your client listen you expect me to keep you safe and and you know if it's an all you can eat plan paying you every month you could use the term trusted advisor all you can eat or all in seat price or what listen mr customer you are paying me money every single month and you expect me to keep you safe and I would be doing you a disservice if I knew there were threats to your network and I wasn't telling you about them. Incidentally, you're doing yourself a disservice as well if, um, if you know that they're not safe and that's maybe keeping you up at night as, a, as an MSP, as an IT service provider, but your clients are sleeping like a baby, that's obviously a bit of a disconnect. So it's up to you to to educate them. So, you know, Mr. Client, you expect me to keep you safe. That's why you pay me money every single month. The bad news is that threats have changed. There are brand new things out there. There are these things called zero-day attacks that we've never seen before, we could never anticipate. In a million years, I never thought my own government's secrets would be out for sale on the the web and people would be taking those and um, creating new threats. And so that's the bad news. Threats have changed. And the solution that we put in place six months ago, a year ago, six years ago, whatever that solution was, is not enough to keep up with those threats. That's the bad news. The good news is the technology has changed and we can keep you safe. Now, it's obviously not free, but it's not expensive either. And then what I would encourage you to say is, can we talk about the numbers? Some people will say yes, some people will say no. Everybody's not a prospect and that's okay. Um, we'll kind of talk about how to, how to deal with that eventuality if we have time in the Q&A. One thing you're going to have to overcome is that that well, I'm compliant. Well, okay, that's great. You know, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, uh, but compliant or being you know in compliance with HIPAA or PCI does not necessarily mean that you are secure. And then finally, you may want to come up with a a decline of service letter or a decline of service grid. We've actually created one for our partners. Um, and this just allows you to say, I recommended that you implement XYZ service, Um, you declined, and that's fine that's your option. However, you are now absolving me from from any responsibility if something goes wrong. And this is the decline of service concept comes from the rental car industry. If I was in a room with you, I would, you know, ask you to raise your hand if you'd ever rented a car. And most of you would probably say yes. And um, then they say, you know, do you want to add liability insurance? And if you're like me, you say, no, I'm good. I've got I've got my own car insurance. It covers that. And then they're like, are you sure? And you go, "Mm, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I don't want to send the extra money. And then they slide this little piece of paper over and say, well, then just sign here saying that you're declining uh, what I just offered you. And at the very least, it always makes me hesitate and say, mm, maybe I should. How much is it again? What's it going to cover me for and against? And what are the fine fine print and things of that nature? That's the goal of the decline of service is to articulate to your client that you are that serious, that they need this security precaution in place and they need to protect themselves and they need this solution and ultimately, it's their network, though. And if they're willing to absolve you of responsibility, they just need to sign and you move on. So that's the decline of service letter now i want to give you a sales tool to help you have that security talk Um, this is 15 ways to protect your business from a cyber attack so um, if you go out to carver.net msd webinars we will give that to you It's it's a free download it's a pdf you are free to use it and i'm going to walk you through how to use it in a nutshell you're going to check off the various things that you are already doing for your client you're going to circle the gaps, and there are almost always gaps. And then you're going to say, listen, we're going to talk through these gaps, and I'll talk to you about which ones we're going to take care of this quarter, which ones we'll take care of next quarter. And ultimately, my job is to keep you as safe and secure as possible. So again, I'll walk you through this in more detail. That's obviously very high level. um, But this, this allows you to take this this uh, concept of cybersecurity and take it from a a bit of a scary, unknown, huge project in the eyes of your your clients and your prospects. And turn this into a very easy action item, uh, because essentially all they need to do is check all of these boxes, and they are significantly more secure than they would be otherwise. So again, go down, go to our website, carver.net slash MSP webinars, and download that. And again, I'll, I'll kind of talk you through this and explain how to use it. So kind of the the base level of service, these would be things that I would consider kind of pay to play. Hopefully all of you are doing these types of things. And if you aren't, you know, start to build them in and start to include them. Uh, Security assessment, obviously you need need a baseline on how secure they are. Fill in the date um, of the last time you did that for them. If you're not already doing this for your clients, then it is only a matter of time before a prospect comes in, does this for your clients, finds some gaps, that probably are pretty easy for you to patch, but it's better for you to find that out before that other IT com- IT company tries to come in and steal your business. So um, RapidFire Tools does a great job with this. So um, if you're not already using them, look into that. The next pretty basic level of service is spam, uh, keeping spam out of the network. Uh, Spam continues to be one of the biggest ways that threats enter your client's networks. Um, And so if you need a a solution for that, reflection is one option. Siren email security is another. We happen to be a distributor for Siren. um, And so, so either of those are really solid tools. For passwords, um, now I, I put on here passwords. I want to kind of just put in a little parentheses here. You and I would probably say password policies, but remember, this is supposed to be a client facing document. So you want to translate this down to a business owner to business owner conversation. So we're going to say passwords, not password policies. Um, The way you implement these types of passwords is through policies, but they don't need to understand that level of detail. Um, You'll probably do this through, again, group policies. If you need a good start on that, go out to thirdtier.net and they, they accept a donation, I'm going to say a $50 donation and they've got a a starter set of uh, routine policies that you can download. I mentioned siren email security. We get a lot of questions about Siren because it's not a company uh, that many people have heard of. Uh, they've been around for twenty six years and they are this this giant company they're publicly traded and yet most people on the channel have never heard of them and that's because they have not typically been a channel focused company. They have different security pieces they have email security dNS security web security but the concept of what siren is doing um, is that they have the a powerhouse in terms of taking their uh, internet threat intelligence and selling it to companies like Gmail or or Google and Microsoft Yahoo, so it's actually the the engine behind Gmail and Office 365's anti-spam. Companies like HP rely on Siren for their threat intelligence. And then some of the very large players in the MSP space, uh, Sophos, uh, SonicWall, Rackspace, things of that nature, those companies actually subscribe to threat intelligence feeds, and then what they do is they aggregate all of those feeds together, decide what really is a threat, um, create a, a definition, if you will, and then update all of their, uh, all their agents or all of their devices with this updated information. And Sophos, Mantec, Zscaler, Rexspace, all of those companies actually subscribe to SIREN for their threat intelligence feed. So what this allows you to do is go directly to SIREN, which then shortens the amount of time uh, between a threat being detected and your client being safe. And and in internet security, um, time is your enemy, because this is the way that a a typical threat will, will happen. You know, it starts, it kind of peaks, which is usually when we hear about it in the news, and then it trails off. Most of the security vendors are releasing signatures about a day to a day and a half after a threat actually starts. Um, And the challenge is that that a lot of these phishing sites and phishing emails are only live for about 24 hours. So by the time most of those security vendors are even releasing a patch or an update or a definition um, to stop that phishing attack, the sites pull down and that definition is really worthless. There are some AV companies and some security companies that are issuing a signature inside of the first hour. Um, Those are not typically the players in the MSP space. Those Those are more the enterprise level players, but there are some out there created this new term called zero hour protection. Um, What they've done is built a sandbox array. Um, They actually take a file if they've never seen it before, they explode it in a test environment. Uh, They may test it across... You know, different operating systems, different machines, virtual and other, um, and, and they do that inside of about 30 seconds to two minutes, they decide if something's a threat. If it is a threat, they then uh, spread that information to their 1.2 billion users, and that way all of the users that are using Siren now know if this brand new threat is a threat or not. Um, and so that's a tremendous difference um, that, that you're literally protecting your clients within two minutes of a zero-day attack being out in the wild for the very first time. So that's who Siren is. As we continue on the uh, 15 ways to keep your company safe and your client's company safe from cyber attacks, Um, multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication or 2FA, there's a a lot of different ways to say it. Um, This is gonna become much more important in uh, in 2018 than it has been before. But if you need a a good source for that, um, AuthAnvil and HID Global are great. Look at Duo as well. I'm starting to hear that name more and more as we talk to MSPs. Um, and so, so definitely take a look at that. Um, turn on 2FA on your social media, things of that nature. But uh, Duo, Duo is very, very simple, easy to execute. Um, highly recommend that. Obviously, computer updates. Um, hopefully, all of you are using some type of an automated tool to update computers. Whether it's, you know, Continuum or Casella or LabTech or, um, you know, there's there's several that are out there. But make sure you're updating your computers um, often. And the other thing I would say with this particular item, and there's another one that I'll repeat is trust but verify. Um, okay, kudos to the three of you that said that, that last part with me, because yes, we need to trust our tools. We need to put pieces of efficiency in place. And so trust that they're doing their job, but verify. Um, and the reason we say that is I cannot tell you the number of threats that we are brought into after the fact. And we go in, and again, the the vendor has been giving us nice, pretty green check marks, but we actually out of date. So what we recommend is that you build into your your checklist, your standard operating procedure, you know, however you're documenting your procedures that anytime you have to roll a truck, which is which is not often, it's probably I would guess 10 or 15% of your tickets Anytime you have to roll a truck, just touch a single machine while you're on site. It could be the machine you're working on. It could be the machine next next to the one you're working on. But just spot check it. Make sure that it is up to date. And if you start to find machines where your RMM tool is giving you that beautiful green check mark that we're all looking for, and yet you're finding manually that things are out of date, then that's an indication that you've got a bigger problem on your hands and you can then go back to your RMM tool, either the vendor or the tool itself and see what's going on. So again, trust but verify with the computer updates. Dark web research is something that's fairly new, um, just within the last year or so. Dark Web ID and Breach Secure Now are two companies that are delivering this service they deliver them differently look at both of them and just see which works best for you know the way that your company is is work you know built and put together but the concept here is that the the companies providing dark web research will um look out on the dark web and see if any of your credentials or your clients credentials have been stolen and are for sale out on the dark web um, so obviously that they that is a challenge if they're out there and you need to know about that The next thing is we want to make sure you are securing the most common entry point. So, again, you're going to check off what you're doing already. You're going to circle where the gaps are. uh, Security awareness. Uh, One of the biggest vulnerabilities is click happy users. Um, I I have a feeling that probably all of us that are on this webinar or listening to the webinar recording could tell stories about a client or clients or user um, that seems to click Everything. It doesn't matter how many times you tell them not to click something; they're still going to click it. Um, and so, definitely educate. Uh, know before is is great with this. As are the folks over at Secure Now. They've got breach secure now, HIPAA secure now. But make sure you're educating the user um, often and repetitively, um, repeatedly. Make sure they are hearing the message. About half of them will listen. Of course, that means that half of them won't. Um, but that that is just the reality. And obviously, you can increase those numbers by educating them. Another common entry point is obviously the the workstations, the servers. Um, You need some type of advanced endpoint security. The traditional players in the marketplace, the AVGs and the Trends and the Kasperskys and the WebRts and the ESETs of the world, anybody that is definition-based, signature-based, they are not keeping up with today's threats. I can say that with 100% certainty because we've tested over 30 different tools, all the names that you've heard of, all the ones that are at the shows with MSPs, you know, the ASCII shows and the Robin Robbins shows, and they are not keeping up with today's zero-day attacks, script-based attacks, memory-based, fileless attacks. And if you think about it, kind of a as a kind of think about it from the threat actor side, I kind of feel like all of us have a little bit of evil genius in our in our heads we just tend to keep it under wraps and some of us do that better than others but if you think like a bad guy just for a second and you know you've got to get into a network in order to do whatever your your evilness requires of you whether that's encrypt files or scrape credentials or steal files you know whatever you're trying to do the first step is to get into a network and if you know that most of the world is using um You know, a a business grade firewall. I hope you're all using a business grade firewall and you're probably using some type of definition based AV and you may or may not be running some type of anti malware, typically malware bytes. But if you're thinking like a bad guy and you know that those are your barriers to entry, It requires, if you are going to be a successful hacker, you have to be able to get around those tools. And that's where we have this new threat landscape. That's why we see things like WannaCry spreading so quickly is because they were designed to get through those traditional layers of security. Um, that that's why we found Sentinel One, you know, after those 30 tools failed, we went up market and we went to the big companies, you know, the Rackspaces and the Nikes and the Visas and the Walmarts of the world and said, what are they doing? I'm pretty sure they're not buying their antivirus at Best Buy. So, what they were using are tools called advanced endpoint security. You may hear it called next generation security. Um, the bottom line is there's really five major players in that market Sentinel One, Silence, CrowdStrike, Bromium, and there is one other. I, I lost it. I may come up with it later. Um, and we fell in love with Sentinel One. That was our first solution that we rolled out. I think, I have a feeling that's where a lot of our questions are going to come in. We're actually going to do a deep dive demo in about three minutes or so. So if that's what you've been waiting for, that your time is, is coming. We're very, very close. Um, we've deployed Sentinel One to more than 4,500 client sites, 47 states, nine countries. And this is a fully managed antivirus solution. So our SOC, it's a security operations center. Uh, some of you say SOC, some of you will say SOC. It's kind of tomato, tomato. Either way, it is our team, our employees that are taking care of the threat soup to nuts. And Sentinel One also has a multi-tent console. The only way you can get that console today is through Carver. I mentioned it's enterprise-class security. These are some of the companies that use um, that Sentinel-1. You can add Nike to this list. Uh, the list just keeps growing. It does check the box for antivirus replacement, checks the box for HIPAA, PCI compliance, and it has multiple layers of protection built into the tool. So before a threat executes, that's the space that AV has always traditionally played in, and Sentinel-1 does that very effectively. Um, they are literally testing. At a 99% success rate. Um, so that means they are stopping 99% of the threats that get through. Um, now, Sentinel 1 never claims to be 100%. I'm going to say that again because it doesn't matter what webinar I do, I always get an email and they say, You said Sentinel 1 was 100% effective. No. I did not say that. I will not say that. Hopefully, any AV company, any security company in the world that claims to be 100% effective, please laugh at them. Please throw them out of your office and don't do business with them. There is no way that I know of to be 100% successful. And Sentinel-1 recognizes that. That's why they have multiple layers of protection. So obviously, they're very, very good at that before layer because they are testing at 99% stoppage rate. Typical AV is 40%, so they're significantly better there. But the other layers are put in place because they know they're not 100%. And so what they're doing in that during um, that during column there is looking for um, it's anything that passes the kernel, uh, I'm just going to explain it as if it's a Word document, it obviously applies to Word documents and PDFs and memory-based attacks and things of that nature, Um, but if it was a Word document, what Sentinel-1 is watching for is a Word document that behaves in a way that a Word document shouldn't behave. So, if a Word document exhibits abnormal behavior, abnormal is typically a threat. That's when Sentinel 1 is going to kill it, quarantine it, and pass it over to Carver's SOC. There is a remediation engine built in, there is a ransomware rollback built in, and advanced forensics. This tool is phenomenal. Um, I was, uh, I was crazy skeptical when I first saw it because it just seemed too good to be true. Um, One thing that made me feel better was a live demo, which we're about a minute away from. The other thing uh, that made me feel better was the Sentinel-1 actually pays up to $1,000 per infected machine to your end user towards the cost of paying the ransom if they can't stop the ransomware attack and they can't roll it back. So it's $1,000 per infected machine, up to a $1 million. Um, it's, it's known kind of commonly as the million-dollar warranty or million-dollar you know guarantee. So I want to pull over um, from my other screen. This is a a real threat that we stopped on behalf of uh, one of our partners. Um, This is Sydney Zajelski's CV. I'm just going to kind of show you what our team can see. So we can see that this user Ricky uh, is the one that actually opened up this file. We found out later that Ricky was the HR manager. Sydney reached out to Ricky on LinkedIn and said, "You know, I looked at your your website. I understand you've got this job posting. I think I'm perfect for the job." And Ricky said, "Send me your resume." Resume. Ricky opens it and immediately Sentinel One sees it as a threat, issues the alert, the kill, and quarantine. All of that is done nearly instantaneously, obviously at machine speeds. Um, And at that point, the threat has been stopped it's then handed off to our team to remediate. So what our team can see is that it's only spread, it's only been on this one machine, so it's never spread on the network. We can also go straight out to VirusTotal and say, is this a known virus? Is this a known bad file? And in this case, it's not. So at this point, okay, VirusTotal doesn't know about Sydney's CV, why is Sentinel-1 stopping this? Why does Sentinel-1 see this as a threat? The next thing we do is we look at this map view. Um, Normally, we would expect to see some pins on the map, you know, maybe in in, in Russia or China, North Korea. In this case, we simply see this unresolved network connectivity. Um, That's a little bit of a caution flag, so we keep digging a little bit further. And we get to this storyline report. Um, This is many of our partners' favorite parts. Um, This answers for your clients, the who, what, when, where, why, how did the threat get in, who clicked on it, what did it do to the network, how do we keep it out the next time, all of those questions that up until now, we haven't been able to answer because there hasn't been visibility into exactly what happened. So we can see this came in through Outlook. We can see that Word actually launched here and Word launched a second time. Um, this was this was not WannaCry, but with WannaCry, Word actually launches twice and the threat launches off of that second open. Um, what what happened, now I'm not gonna chase that rabbit. If you care about WannaCry, you ask me that in, in Q&A time. Well, we'll just stick with this threat for now. Um, What happened in this case was that Word launched a proxy. Um, And Word does a lot of different things. Word is pretty busy, uh, but one thing that Word doesn't doesn't do and shouldn't do is launch a proxy. And for that reason, Sentinel-1 saw that this was a threat. Um, It then launched a PowerShell script. It also launched Kartoshka, which today is a well-known virus, but back in May it wasn't. Um, And so the whole reason this threat was stopped was because of that proxy. The other thing we can see, and I'm going to go ahead and download this this forensics file. So there's a a couple of things we're going to look at here. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point, but I want you to be able to see the power behind this Sentinel-1 tool. Uh, So this opens up as a CSV file, so it's obviously, it's raw, it's not particularly pretty. But this tells us line by line everything that this particular threat did. So the first thing our team looks for are any kind of encryption. So we we can see here all these temp files here, um, any of these files that are ending in TMP, you can see there's there's a, a solid number of them. That's actually um, not an indication of a ransomware attack. So that's good. Um, If there was a ransomware attack, we would expect to see a series of files that end in abcxyz.wallet. And we don't see that in this case. So we know um, that this was not a ransomware attack. We can see that it launched that Kartoshka virus when a Word document shouldn't do that, and that's part of that PowerShell script, and again, that gives us that level of visibility. We can actually see where the machine connected to, so even though it wasn't visible on the map view, we could pull this and go out to IP location. You'd probably see that it, it actually pinged I Germany, I know this threat pretty well. Um, Pingdai ran four or five times in Germany. Um, and then the other thing that we can see are the various processes that it touched. Incidentally, uh, this proxy that was launched, all of the uh, IP connections, all of the network calls, all of the um, spreading through the network, everything it was going to do was actually going to hide inside of the proxy. and that is the, the way that some of these viruses actually get around some traditional AV. So at that point, our team obviously knows we're dealing with a threat. Word did something it shouldn't do. Um, we simply click the remediate command, and we are able to reverse out user permissions, um, temporary files that were created, actions that are, that are scheduled to happen in an, in an hour or 10 hours. Literally, we click the remediate command. We restore that machine to a known good state, and then we email everything over to you. Typically, it goes straight into your ticketing system. Um, um, and we simply say something like, this attack got in, it was disguised as Sydney's resume, the user Ricky clicked it, the threat has been killed, quarantined, and fully remediated by the Carver team, attached are all the forensics, all the map view, storyline view, and there's no further actions that are required on behalf of your team. So literally for every threat that we stop, and we are up to a million threats, we are over a million threats in the last year and a half. That is what we have done for every single threat, including the thousands that we got when, when WannaCry was exploding. And uh, none of our clients actually got hit with WannaCry. So they all got attacked by it, but it wasn't actually successful. So that's a little bit of a deeper dive into, into Sentinel One. I've got two or three other examples, but just in the interest of time, uh, I'm going to kind of keep going because I want to get into some of the pack and pricing. Um, so the the remainder of the items on that 15 ways Obviously, firewalls, and make sure you turn on the intrusion detection, intrusion prevention. Meraki is solid, Sonic Wall, Fortinet. Uh, the thing here is, again, turn on those protections, make sure they stay on. Um, encryption is important, so that's going to also become a topic of conversation this year. Um, data in motion, data at rest, um, so make sure you're checking that box as well. With backups, um, if you're using Datto, eFolder, Intronus, um, use that lesson from the law firm. Make sure that you add to your backup checklist that you record what the backup um, size is today and what the backup size was the last time you checked the backup, whether that was last week or last month, and that if there is a variance of more than X, that that is looked into because that will definitely protect you in the case of the threat actors trying to change the backup routines to to simply backup routine Windows system files, as we talked about a few minutes ago. The last few here, um, these are now available to small and medium-sized businesses of all sizes. Uh, SIM or a SIEM tool where, um, especially in compliance environments, you'll definitely want to take a look at that. Uh, Web gateway security, whether it's for mobile users or at the location itself and inside of the brick and mortar, you need to make sure that you're stopping as many threats before they get into the network as possible. And then mobile device security, um, you know, the, the traditional network is really evaporating. You know, maybe 10 years ago, we could have simply protected that brick and mortar. But at this point with, you know, tablets and phones and laptops and um, a lot of executives being on the road and people working from home, either part of the time or all of the time, you know, you've got the, the remote employees. Obviously, securing the mobile devices is a big challenge and it's part of what you need to do. So I wanted to explain quickly um, event tracker. What is a seam? What is a sim? Um, and then get kind of into some pricing. So the concept of a sim is is taking a look at all of those router logs and firewall logs, all the sys logs, and actually curating it down to a finite number of actionable events. And what that means is that if you have a threat actor on the outside of the network who pings the firewall, you know maybe finds an open RDP port, um, gets into the network, makes some configuration changes, maybe to the backup routines, <clears throat> somehow gets access, creates their own user account, Installs a back door, grabs some data, and then exfiltrates out through the firewall. A SIM, uh, Security Incident and Event Management Solution, is actually going to see all of those things as they're happening and give you an alert and let you know that there is something going on. Obviously, that's huge in compliance environments. You know, things like PCI and HIPAA and FINRA and uh, DFARs, those are probably the main ones that you'll run into, maybe the ISO frameworks as well. Um, Event Tracker is phenomenal at protecting you there and really checking those boxes for compliance. It's fully multi tenant so let's let's go over some packaging and pricing um, and and how, how this is you know how this is all laid out and this is from real conversations with real MSPs around the globe over the last year or so so the first one we are calling security plus you call it what you want to call it um, if you bundle in the employee security training advanced endpoint security and mobile device security with the web content filtering and DNS security you're probably going to price that around fifteen dollars per month per year user security essentials you would similar similar bundle the awareness training web gateway security through a company like siren advanced endpoint security through sentinel one and security log management through event tracker that would be closer to 39 dollars per month per user And another way to approach this is simply to uh, run this as an a la carte option where you just give some advice to your clients on what to take and they then select from uh, what they want and and you then check the the boxes that are important to them. One thing I want to show you is that you can absolutely make money on this. So if it, we just took some some average pricing, you know, if you you get the awareness training through No Before Breach Secure Now, it's probably a dollar. Your spam filter is probably sixty cents. Add in some costs for patch management, endpoint security, multi-factor. You're looking at a little less than ten dollars. Your cost. And our suggested selling price and what we're hearing from our partners and other uh, friends and colleagues is $25 to $39 per month per user. Again, those are very real numbers. Obviously, it's a high margin sale. But the other reason that, that security is so important is that when you put these pieces in place, it's actually going to reduce the noise. It's going to reduce your ticket volume, which then means that you are more highly profitable. So that's um, th- that's just a couple of scenarios on how that can play out. Um, again, you're going to take that 15 ways. You're going to circle what you're doing. You're going to check. Are you going to check off what you're doing? You're going to circle the gaps, and that's how you're going to have that conversation. So, um, if you didn't earlier download that 15 ways because you didn't understand the power of the tool, I. I-, I- Kind of trust by now, you see how that is taking this this concept of a security conversation and really um, condensing it down, making it very easy for for your clients to understand. So, again, if you didn't do that earlier, go to carver.net slash MSP webinars, fill out the little form to download that. It's a PDF, it's yours to use. Um, and that's just one example of why MSPs are, are choosing us. Obviously, the enterprise class tools. Our SOC, it's a 24 by seven US-based SOC. They're all our employees, they're all background checked and vetted. We support the the Sentinel One tool, it's fully managed. We're actually co-managing the event tracker solution with you. Um, And then we give you a ton of marketing and sales material. Um, So those are really the three pieces of the Carver solution. Um, You've got the tools on the bottom. You've got the value adds on the top. And essentially, we also include response. So you've got the -the around-the-clock incident response, enterprise-level antivirus with the remediation engine, rollback, the forensics, we give you the web gateway protection, email protection, co-managed SIM, marketing training sessions, technical training sessions, security, sales, coaching. You get a block of licenses. You get some NFR licenses for yourself. No long-term contract with essentially taking away all of the things that are frustrating to us when we do business with a vendor, when we own our own MSPs, and a 30-day risk-free guarantee. So, normally all of that is $297 per month. We worked with Steve, and what we're doing is um, marking it down to $247 per month, but we're making the very first month be $99. That lets you get in, get a look at all of the various tools. We are also working with him on a group buy scenario where the more agents um, that a, an MSP webinar client deploys, the greater your discount would be on the Sentinel One specific specifically we probably start around a seven to ten percent discount and then grow to probably twenty. We're still kind of ironing ironing out the details. If that's something you're interested in, let him know um, so we can, you know, kind of add some fuel to the fire. I can, you know, put that up the chain of command here on my end. Um, but again, if that's something that you're interested in, take us up on that offer. If not, download the infographic and use it. Um, and and I have a feeling we probably have a million questions. So Steve, with that, I'm going to kind of pass it over to you. And, and we'll crank through as many of these as we can in the next seven minutes.
0: All right. So just so you know, um, these have been known to go way over. Okay. <laughs> so as long as you have that time. That is good
1: to know. As long as I'm just going to check my calendar, I can multitask. You fire away with questions okay. and I will see what my availability looks like. We will keep this on as long as we can.
0: Sounds great. Uh, so Carver, we purchase direct or we go through a distributor or what?
1: So you're asking how Carver gets the licenses or how How, you're...
0: How do we buy it?
1: You buy it from Carver. Okay.
0: Now, with with Carver, I just want to... So Sentinel-1 is not your software?
1: It is not. Sentinel-1 is an enterprise-level tool.
0: Okay. So what you're doing is you're saying okay we recommend this tool that tool this tool these tools and you're kind of like bundling them all together for us
1: yeah i'm glad you asked that so actually you can you can purchase any one of the tools separately and everything is based on consumption so so literally we have partners that are a partner and they get their 20 sentinel one licenses um, 20 workstation licenses, two server licenses, and they put it on their own MSP and cover a handful of machines and maybe one of their best clients and a brand new CPA that had two users, and that's all they ever need, and that's totally fine. Um, so you you mix and match. If you have a client that needs all three tools, you deploy all three. If you have a client that just needs one, you deploy one. So again, it's mix and match. The second part to your question, but it, uh, it, you'll probably come back to it. So.
0: Um, so do you guys, so we can buy the SIREN and the Seam and all this other stuff from you guys? Mm-hmm, that's
2: correct. Um,
0: we'll we'll give you
1: scripts to be able to push it out. Um, and on the Seam side and on the Advanced Endpoint Security, which is the Sentinel one, we manage it. So um, it, the, the SIREN is pretty easy, but we'll give you instructions on how to deploy and it's, it's pretty easy.
0: Okay. Um, do, you, do you guys resell all of the tools you mentioned, including like rapid fire?
1: We do not. Okay. So okay. that, that is a, a freaking, that a 15 ways is not 15 reasons to do business with Carver. That's, that's not the goal of it at all. That is your tool to go to your client and say, these are the 15 things you need to be doing, Mr. Client. And I, as an IT company, I'm going to be doing for you. Um, most of those things you will use an outside third-party vendor,
0: not okay. Carver. Okay. Um do we have to use your seam or can we use our own?
1: So the only seam that we support is Event Tracker, but if you already have your own seam, you could continue to to use that as you as you have been in the past and then just push Sentinel 1 out instead of of whatever AV solution you've been using.
0: Okay. So we as the MSP have access to that Sentinel 1 dashboard then?
1: Yes, you do. Okay. and you get the same um, the same abilities that we have as far as remediation and rollback and um, disconnecting a user from the network obviously we're going to train you because with great power comes great responsibility. Um, So we want to make sure that you know how to use the tool, but you get the same level of visibility as we do. Um, Although we can see all of our partners, you'll only be able to see your subset of clients, uh, but the ability to drill in and see a single client or globally, all of your base, as well as take action on those.
0: If you choose. Um, How, and, and I understand you're not an expert in the other product I'm about to ask about. However, how does Sentinel-1 compare with Sophos Intercept-X?
1: Yeah, okay. So Sophos Intercept-X, first of all, is not a standalone AV tool. Um, So you have to run Intercept-X with another AV tool. Um, Usually it's going to be Sophos Advanced Endpoint, or I think it's AEP, so Advanced Endpoint Protection. Um, So that's one thing. You've got to run two tools on the machine. The second thing is that it is behavioral, like Sentinel-1 is behavioral, so it's looking for bad behaviors but Intercept X has fewer than 30 bad behaviors in what I call their library. Um, so essentially when a tool that's using behavioral analysis sees something for the first time, recognizes that it's bad, it then puts it on its bad list, um, kind of like a definition. It's not exactly the same thing, but okay, that's a bad behavior. Kind of like when you see your kid putting their hand in a cookie jar right before dinner, you're gonna say, that is bad behavior. Even if I haven't seen it before, I know that's bad behavior. And now in our parent database, we know, hey, a kid putting their hand in a cookie jar before dinner is bad. So um, Intercept X has, I think it's 24, it's definitely under 30 known bad behaviors. Sentinel-1 has over 600 known bad behaviors. It is just a different level of tool. So it, you can say that it's similar and that it's behavioral, and that would be accurate, but it's just not the same level as a Sentinel-1 simply because of how robust it is. Now, Intercept-X is trying to catch up to Sentinel-1. One. Um, sentinel One's not slowing down, um, so it's just gonna, we'll have to see how it shakes out over the next couple of years. But for now, Sentinel-1 has a very solid lead.
0: So... <clears throat> Intercept X, uh, in the last four months or so, um, they've hooked into a machine learning and artificial intelligence backend. Um, mm-hmm. They have hooked into some threat intelligence feed now, which contains thousands of IOCs. Mm
1: hmm. Yep. So, so you, actually just, you actually just restated what I said. Uh, that, so Sentinel-1, you said Intercept X did that a few months ago. You're correct. Sentinel-1's actually been doing that for years. So when okay. I said 600 known bad behaviors, we have over 30,000 indicators of compromise. And we've been doing the machine learning and the AI and the mathematical, all of that for years. So that, that actually is, that kind of proves my point that Sophos is following in the footsteps of Sentinel-1. Um, because Sentinel One is the leader.
0: Gotcha. Um, how do you feel Sentinel One compares to CrowdStrike?
1: So CrowdStrike is um, more of a um, more of a hunter. It's, it's a little bit of a, of a different animal. Um, it, it, it's again the, the top five players, Sentinel One, CrowdStrike, Silence, Bromium. Yeah, I was hoping if I said it again, the fifth one would come to mind. Um, it, 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 for the person who's asking that question to the people, I would say go download or email me and I'll send you um, the most recent NSS Labs report. It literally just came out within the last couple of weeks. And they looked at CrowdStrike, silence Sentinel-1, um, big next-gen players, and um, that that's going to to tell a very a very clear story. Uh, so, Sentinel-1 is um, the best ROI and the highest It's very unusual uh, to get both of those things in combination. And again, so, it, my, let me actually go to the next screen. There's my email address, jennifer at carver.net. I've got the NSS Labs report. It would take me about three minutes to find it in my email, and I'm happy to send it to anyone um, that's obviously third-party testing, independently verified kind of a report.
0: Okay. Um, and then did I understand your statement correctly when uh, when you said that the, like, InterceptX is now doing this and then and. Sentinel one's been doing it for years. Are they all going to like the same source for the information?
1: I do not know my, my gut okay. says no, but I, I don't know that for sure. So it, it's a, it's a, it's an educated guess, but it's a guess.
0: All Alrighty. Um, what kind of resources does Sentinel one use, you know, how does it, how does it impact performance of the computer while it's doing its thing?
1: Yeah, so it's actually very light. Um, what, what most of our partners do is decommission their AV and push out Sentinel-1 in its place. Um, when they do that, they actually, uh, everybody sees an in improvement in terms of how fast their machine is running simply because it doesn't have the AV um, in the back end as far as definitions kind of bogging down the system. We have seen a few very isolated instances where Sentinel-1 and WebRoot are installed at the same time. It's about, This was probably about this time last year that we had about a two-week time period where if you were running a certain version of Sentinel-1 and a certain version of WebRoot, they started playing and kind of like kids on a playground, they started bickering over resources. Um, We don't know whose fault it was. It doesn't really matter because the end result was that the machines started to bog down. Once we were able to isolate it, and I mean, across our, our thousands of agents, it literally was happening on about a dozen machines. So it's kind of everyone's troubleshooting nightmare like okay it's obviously happening but why it took us it took us a day or two to figure out okay it's only with this version of Sentinel-1 this version of WebRoot um, and and what we did is we pushed out an update to our Sentinel-1 agent and the problem went away I don't know if it was a problem with WebRoot Sentinel-1 doesn't matter that literally is the only time we've ever had an issue with uh, resource you know solutions running concurrently and and becoming resource heavy.
0: Now, I know uh, Bitdefender, for example, I think maybe even WebRoot, both of them, uh, Bitdefender for sure, advertises they do hybrid scanning. So somehow they miraculously scan the, the files in their cloud. So is that what Sentinel One is also doing? Or is it doing so everything the I- computer?
1: Yeah, it's doing everything on the computer. It's all agent based. Uh I think that yeah, I mean you're right in that webroot is is storing their definitions in the class um, the biggest difference, though, is that they are still using definitions. And what, what that means is that they're looking at the hash or the, you know, the serial number of the file. And it's kind of hacking 101 to be able to take a known bad file with a known bad serial number, change that hash. And it now looks like a good file because it's not on the bad list. And, and the way that those tools work is... If it's not on the bad list, it must be good. Um, so I, I know I chased that rabbit a little bit, but everything is happening on the machine itself. It's, a, it's all um, inside of the agent, which the advantage there is that if your user is, um, let's say, on an airplane in, in airplane mode and they go to open up a, a, a email with a bad attachment, Sentinel One will catch that because it, it obviously on the airplane. They're not connected to Wi-Fi, they're not connected to a cloud-based definition. If they were using WebRoot, with Sentinel-1, they have protection.
0: Okay. Now, how do you define incident response from your SOC?
1: So, we kind of did an outline of that when I... So with Sentinel-1, what incident response is, is kind of what you saw start to finish. Hey, this threat got in, we remediated it, um, et cetera. Incident response would be something like, um, we have had partners that call us and they say, listen, I'm a partner. I just hadn't gotten around to deploying to company ABC. They just got hit. Can you help me response? So let's assume it's a, Let's assume it's a ransomware attack. Okay, we'll just kind of go go to that scenario. We actually have detailed incident response checklists. We walk our partners through. There are certain things that you should incident um, that is normal troubleshooting. So so things like rebooting your machine. Do not reboot your machine if you're in the middle of an incident. Um, If you do reboot your machine, all of a sudden the client's cyber liability claim will stop paying, and it goes on to your errors and omissions because during an incident you should not reboot. So just from a forensic standpoint, that is is not something you should do. Uh, So we have a very detailed checklist that we provide to our partners on... webinars for our partners. Uh, one of the topics we cover fairly frequently is proper incident response handling. Um, so we don't have a, a backdoor into the machine. We can't remote into the machine that's not built into any of our tools. Again, kind of just channeling our, our inner MSP for a second. We, don't, we never wanted vendors entering a network that we were managing. And so we don't have that ability. So we're going to have to walk you through things and, and, you know, we'll walk you through it, but we can't do it for you because we don't have access to the network.
0: And, and just so you know, your audio keeps like cutting in and out and then getting real funky. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Let me, let me actually pick up my handset. I don't know if that will help, but that is the best troubleshooting I can do. Fair enough. All right. Can you hear me now? I can. We'll see okay. if that helps. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So, does your SOC support other vendors besides Sentinel One?
1: We do. Um, now, on on the event tracker side, the event tracker is it can support anything with Syslog functionality. So that's going to be the just about every firewall, every router, server, switch, etc.
0: Okay. Um, what about your team?
1: I'm not so, sure I understand the question.
0: Will, can will our team your, will your team support other software? Like, do we have not... to use the, the software that Carver is reselling us, or can we so, look for something else?
1: Yeah, so you're kind of asking about SOC as a service. So right yes. now, the only thing that our SOC does is support the Sentinel One tool and support the Event Tracker tool. So if you go that's not what we do today.
0: Okay. Um, still cutting out just so you know. So I think what you said at the end was, if you're looking for SOC as a service, and you don't want to use Sentinel one, we're not doing that right now.
1: Correct. I mean, we do Sentinel one and we do event tracker. Those right. those are the two options.
0: Um, how do you deal with the fact that focusing on FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt, causes a sort of immunization of clients with regards to their security. So, you know, if everyone's telling them the sky's falling, but it never actually falls, clients are going to tend to think, well, it's not that big of a deal as everyone's making it out to be.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, when, if you, if you rewind 15 years and and you introduced the concept of why do you need a firewall um, that conversation didn't come up. So I, I would almost challenge the question. You know, when when you deal with the certainty that people are going to get immunized, I'm not sure that I agree with that premise. Um, I mean, you know, when you when you go into a doctor's office and you say, you know, my hip's been hurting and I can't get in and out of the car and I can't tie my shoe anymore and I can't cross my legs, and the doctor does an X-ray and says, "Hey, you need a hip replacement." They don't say, "Well, I didn't need a hip replacement last year." No, you say, "Okay, they're the doctor, they're the expert. That's why I pay them." So I think a lot of times, some of that is is a fear in our own head that doesn't actually play out in real life. Um, Now, you know, if it does, you know, if you've got that client that says, "Well, I didn't need this last year," then you say, "You're right. You didn't need this last year." But if I believe you are unprotected, would you rather me say nothing, or would you rather me bring this to your attention?
0: Okay. Uh, let's see here. You, you mentioned some, some various RMM platforms. Does Sentinel One actually integrate with any of those? Or is it really so- just, here's some scripts to install it? Best of luck.
1: Yeah, so when, when I hear integration, I'm thinking two things, uh, one of one of which is what you just said, deploying. Um, it's, it's much more than just here's a script, good luck, uh, but it's not what I would call a full integration. So we do have scripts, we have screenshots, we walk you through that process. It's not a difficult process to deploy an AV tool. So you're going to deploy, you're going to reboot, and you're done. Um, so... You know, you you made it sound a little more difficult than it actually is. Uh, then on the back end, as we are, um, you know, actually seeing a threat, we are going to uh, actually email that to you. And most of the time we're going to email that into your ticketing system. So when I think integration, it's kind of on, on the front end for deploying. And then on the back end, what happens when there's a threat?
0: And, and that's exactly, so, uh, for example, with, with some of these RMM tools, when they integrate with an AV, they'll even show, like, real-time reporting of if the AV is running, when the last scan was, if threats were found, so on and so forth. So, it does not sound like Sentinel-1 has that with any RMMs right now. So, it
1: will, with, uh, with lab Tech. Kaseya, with several of the platforms, it will show, but it will not show last time scanned because that's simply not the way the tool works. It's not, it's just a very different engine. With Sentinel-1, the absence of a report means the absence of a threat. Now, could it create a report that says zero threats detected today? Perhaps. Uh, and I, I am actually pushing for some integrations into various tools. But today you, you get the, the scripts on the front end and you get a green check mark saying this tool, you know, this machine does have AV installed and it's been installed since this date. And that's about the, the, um, the end of the integration.
0: Okay, now um, you, you showed us pricing and I don't really feel like we understand what we're getting for 250 dollars.
1: perfect so i did rush through that because i knew we had a m- bunch of questions let me go back and kind of okay. take my time uh so what you get is um in essence it is the tools the sock and the marketing and sales support so if we kind of go back to that premise that we talked about early on the tools side you get an initial block of sentinel one licenses So you get 20 workstation licenses and two server licenses. Uh, Those are full right licenses. You can sell them. You can deploy them in-house. You also get three NFR licenses of the SIREN Advanced Web Security. So those three, because they're NFR licenses, they need to be deployed in your own IT company. You get a site license of Event Tracker for your own MSP so you get a server and a firewall. Um, you can add workstations for $3 a month if you choose. It just depends on the level of visibility that you want. So that's on the tool side. Um, um, for the SOC, you get access to our 24 by 7 US-based SOC. Um, our employees background checked, vetted. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the SOC piece. And then on the marketing and sales side, you get things like the 15 ways infographic, the client of service letter, PowerPoints, testimonials, white papers, case studies, landing page templates, once a month marketing training sessions. We have sales training sessions, all of which are recorded and posted to the dashboard. Um, so all of that is what you get. And that is what's normally 297, but what we had discussed is the, the 247. And so that's, that's what you get. It's about $175 worth of licenses alone, not to mention the, the sock and the marketing and sales support.
0: Gotcha. So then, it's-
1: So then what happens when you wanna buy more licenses? <laughs> that's we, probably we, where we you're going. We contact
0: you and, and get more, and that seems easy enough. It doesn't sound like we have to buy blocks after that.
1: Very, very good point. You do not have to buy blocks. So, so literally, you bring on a two-user, you know, attorney that works out of their house, you buy two licenses of whichever software or softwares you want. So it is literally consumption-based, one license at a time. We bill you at the end of every month based on what you have consumed. Um, and, and we're also very reasonable because we have run MSPs before. We know that sometimes clients get flaky and they just stop paying you and you're like hey I still had four sentinel one licenses at that site but I can't get on site to uninstall them can you just stop billing me and the answer is yes so we're we're pretty easy to work with because we've walked a mile in your shoes so we we understand your world
0: um Jennifer if you could be so kind to send me an email with uh I, I just need like a pricing breakdown of everything. So when we need that a la carte in the future, we we know what it's gonna cost. And then <clears throat> the 247, um, 99, 297, whatever we want to call it, this is like mm-hmm. the way to be to be started with Carver. That's correct. Okay. So if I say I don't need any server licenses, you say too bad, here's your package.
1: Yes, because you may need them later, but this is the package that we have. We keep it very, very simple. Okay. As far as the pricing breakdown, let let me kind of address that. Um, I'm going to give you my email address. That's really going to be your best way to get a pricing breakdown, and and here's why. Uh, Siren has three different tools. Um, Most of those tools have a low, medium, high. Um, Sentinel-1 has server pricing, workstation pricing. Event Tracker has has a site and then you pay extra for servers, extra for workstations. There, We have discounts if you're a Canadian partner. So there's just so many, there's volume discounts. So I mean, when you build that, I would, if I was going to give you a pricing grid, it would resemble a six-dimensional Rubik's Cube. Uh, there's, there's literally no way that I can just send you, you know, even in a PDF, there's so many different variations. So what, what I would say is at the point that you're, pretty sure that carver is the direction you're going and you simply need to find out what your pricing would be based on your unique situation in terms of your geography and the pieces of the puzzle that you think you're going to want schedule a quick phone call with me we get on the phone for 15 20 minutes answer all your questions and see if it's a fit uh i mean we we are not a fit for everyone Um, that's just that's the reality of being in business right so so a quick 20-minute call to say, are you in Canada or are you in the US? What is what's your volume gonna look like? Are you gonna get to that volume? And just have a very real conversation. And you'll probably talk to me. You may talk to Jack, you may talk to Jay, who's our CEO. But we're we're all pretty laid back and just very um, very matter-of-fact about what the numbers are, because the numbers are what the numbers are.
0: So and and one of the questions I have here is Boiled down to the lowest common denominator. You are essentially a reseller whose value add is the bodies you offer to aid us if needed.
1: So I would I would position it a little bit differently because we're definitely on the siren side. Yes, we are, it's a pure, we're purely a distributor, but it was sent- more an MSSP. Um, because these are tools that you cannot get on your own. And if you did buy them on your own, you would have to spin up the SOC. Um, and so you, you when you use a word like just, well, just to spin up a SOC, sure, if you want to hire 13 people around the clock, they're all, you know, CISSP's or similar, and they need to be trained by DOD or Homeland or FBI, just spinning up a sock is something that that the vast majority of MSTs have no desire to do and no plans to do at least in the next year or two. So it's kind of like you know saying saying to a surgeon, so you're gonna you're gonna you know do surgery on me, and you're just going to use anesthesia. well, it's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I mean, could could you get surgery without anesthesia? Maybe. Um, but those three pieces, you need, you need the tools. You need the sock. You need the marketing and sales. Because if you have the tools that are actually working, you don't know how to sell them, then they don't do anybody any good. And it's like a book on a shelf. If you put a book on a shelf and you never read it, it just gathers dust and it's useless and you wasted your money. Uh, that's part of why we have a month-to-month agreement. We want know these tools work, but they don't work if you never deploy them so you've got to have the tools you've got to be able to sell them which is the job of the marketing and sales then you have to have the sock Because these are not the types of tools where you sell commercial, snake oil salesperson and, you know, wink, wink, but wait, there's more. That's not the way these tools work. These tools are going to say at three o'clock in the morning, there's a brute force attack happening. And Murphy's Law, I've been doing this long enough, Murphy is going to strike your biggest client at two o'clock in the morning. And just having a sock is going to be very, very crucial. So it's the tools, the sock, and the marketing and sales support. Those are the three pivotal pieces, um, and I'm not sure any of them is is you know are pieces that you can't you have to have all three. You can't deal with any without having any one of them. You have to have all three.
0: Okay, um, I've got uh, a few more questions that were asked, and Zach said he wanted me to. Give him a microphone. I I think. There can... <laughs> you go, Zach.
2: Hello. Hey. Working. Yep. Oh, I should, sure I should turn my my camera on. Hold on. I think I can do that.
0: And where is? It? I don't think it. I think because I just said. I don't him, think it'll matter. Enable voice. Oh,
2: okay. okay. Um. So like. I just had some thoughts on kind of like what your solution is in comparison to what you elegantly referred to as SOC as a service and like how it's different and why. So to kind of help people understand, uh, SOC as a service is a very broad scope offering. Um, At its core, it's basically a team of security professionals that take what you have as is. Whatever that may be, that could be Sophos, that could be, you know, SonicWall, that could be Symantec, that could be whatever. And they come in and they integrate it as tightly as is allowed by that technology and get as broad a visibility and an understanding of your environment as possible and then monitor and identify indicators of compromise or potential threats and alert you on it. This is very expensive because there's no standardization. You have to take what the client has and make it work as best as physically possible. This is why SOC as a, as a service is generally quite expensive and you know also correlates nicely with why they like to charge a dynamic price, events per second or per minute or whatever it is, because the more they do, the more expensive it gets, the broader their visibility. It's very, very expensive. What Carver has kind of done is gone the other way, rather than being a broad, wide you know, integration or like an integration partner or facet of an already existing solution. They created a solution that they know works, that they know how it functions, they know the level of visibility, and they packaged it together and are making it available as a consumption service. And that's one of the fundamental differences between what they're doing and what a traditional MSSP or SOC as a service vendor does. Am am I wrong there, Jennifer?
1: I think you're, you are correct. And I would just add one thing. You know, when you're looking at SOC as a service, it is generally very complex just in a corporate environment, because Uh there aren't little boxes to check everybody, you know, in a corporate environment, if you ever worked in corporate IT, every computer is configured very similarly, there's an image and blah, blah, blah. But it's still, if I'm, you know, socket as a service company XYZ, and I sell my services to company one, and then I sell to company two, and I sell to company three, those are three very different implementations. Mm -hmm. Well, when you try to bring SOC as a service to an MSP world, you end up having 500 different firewalls and 73 flavors of BDR because every company is different. And yes, we want to standardize on a single firewall vendor. And yes, we want to standardize on a single BDR vendor. That's the ideal, but reality tends to deviate somewhat from ideal. Um, and so, so it, you're hundred percent correct. What we have done is said, these are best in breed tools, select the one or ones that are best for you and best for your client. And then we will support you in those endeavors.
2: Perfect. All right, you, you've in, in essence done the MSP thing in the MSSP space and created a stack and you're selling correct. that stack and supporting that mm-hmm. stack. Yep, uh, but you can you know, also
1: I, unbundle the stack
2: right exactly i mean we, we as msps can do that as well like we can a la carte that we can break it out um you know for clients that let's say have a you know highly competent technical staff and we're simply supporting them they may want to do things a little bit differently and you are providing that option mm
1: mm-hmm. correct yep you're 100% correct that would have been very tough to type into the Q and A box, so I'm glad you I'm glad you uh, grabbed the mic. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Zach. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take away his microphone. No offense, Zach. <laughs> uh, all right. So Steve
1: has ultimate power. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, I know you said we can do a la carte. When when we do a la carte, do we still have the power of the sock?
1: You do. Um, So again, the sock does not support the the siren piece because that's pretty easy. Um, You're not going to need our help doing that. But yes, absolutely.
0: So basically, whenever whenever we add a license for Sentinel One, um, we're also getting that sock include like bundled with the price of the. It is
1: bundled. That's exactly right. I will sometimes say it's bundling the Sentinel One license and our sock service.
0: And then what about the seam? Is that an additional mm-hmm. thing or do, does that come with like the initial uh, buy-in to Carver?
1: So you get a, a seam site license for your own MSP. Uh, so it's a server, firewall, um, all the setup, all the training to so the other tools. Um, should you need to, you know, deploy a single site, you purchase a single site. Okay, functions. so
0: so with a seam, you, you need a license per essentially per client, or is it even per client site?
1: So it's a, we at each site you have to in, you have to support a server and firewall. We're taking the syslogs from the firewall, collecting them on a server or workstation, um, encrypting, sending them off site. So you have to have that at every location of the client. If you want to add additional workstations, you can. If you want to add additional servers, the type of switch, and we can kind of talk through the scenario. It okay. depends, number one, on the compliance that you're trying to match up to and the goal of the end user.
0: Um, so is there a limit on devices or, or whatever with the seam with Event Tracker, or is it just everything and anything that's at this one site?
1: I cannot think. Uh, It feels like you're trying to throw me some weird scenario, but, but no, I mean, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna cover switches, routers, firewalls, workstations, whatever you need to cover at each site.
0: Okay. Um, Is the pricing per, it's per device, right? Not per user.
1: Depends on the, yeah, that it depends on the solution. So the uh, siren mobile is per user and they get up to five devices. That's part of why I said, you know, the six dimensional Rubik's cube, because every, every solution is priced just a little differently.
0: Gotcha. And um, event tracker, Zach wants to know if it is still agent based or if it has a collector or sensor appliance now.
1: So that is still not appliance based. We we do not want appliances for your end user. So it is agent based. I would call it an agent. They call
0: they call it a what? I'm sorry.
1: They call it a sensor. Um, okay. But it's it's a collecting agent. Yeah, not, not an appliance. You do not need an appliance.
0: Sounds good. Um, is there any PSA integration? I'm going to assume that's also a no since Sentinel-1 is enterprise and they don't have Autotask and ConnectWise in the enterprise.
1: So, with Sentinel One, we bundle up all of the reports, all the forensics, the map view, and our synopsis, and we email that to you. And I would wager to say almost 100% of our partners give us an email address that integrates um, into their PSA. It's not a true integration. Um, on the part of Event Tracker, they have a daily report that is emailed to you. And again, most of our partners have that daily report emailed into their PSA that you can. Sort, filter, save for a QBR—you know—do with what you want to do with.
0: Awesome, we're we're down to the last couple here. All That's right, good because so, I've
1: got about four minutes.
0: <laughs> and in fact, I'm going to skip this one. No offense, Ed. Uh, it's just a confusing question. Uh, talking about. And feel
1: free to email me. I mean, here, let me get to my email. There's my email address: Jennifer at Carver C A R V I R dot net. Email me, let me know
0: how I can help. He is still here, so maybe he'll do that. And it was that question (laughs) that you were talking about, MSP versus enterprise software. Um, Zach uh, says, if you have some techniques to share about setting expectations on security posture, getting past the owners and executives that demand local admin on their machines, or logging in, even worse, as a domain admin on their own computers, users that insist on the ability to install their own software, Etc. If so, so I think he's saying, you know, help us uh, put our foot down with these, you know, little monsters. I mean, clients. So,
1: (laughs) which sometimes those are one in the same, right? Um, Okay. So, in an ideal world, I would say, you know, we should fire those clients and tell them it's our way or the highway. (laughs) <laughs> um, again, that that's would. that's the ideal. And if we all had 800 leads coming to us every day, if we had no lead gen problems, and we could afford to to fire the the clients that won't take our advice, um, that's the ideal. Uh, I mean, I know I'm making it sound like a pie in the sky. That's really the ideal. Is that that you can you would be able to have the guts to say, "I'm the expert. I am telling you." I have seen it time and time and time again. If you want to give yourself admin rights, it is going to cause problems. Um, you know how do you how do you handle that conversation? That's probably I mean, Steve. Maybe that's a topic for another webinar. Like how do you how do you sell difficult clients on security? Um, and, and there's there's a there's techniques, there's scripts, there's whatever. A lot of it comes down to the relationship you have with the client and positioning yourself as Because again, none of us would ever dream of saying to our orthopedic surgeon, what brand of prosthetic hip are you planning to put in when you have a, you know, when I go onto the surgical table, we trust that our orthopedic surgeon has looked at product A and product B and has picked the best brand of orthopedic hip. And when they say you need a hip replacement, we say, can we do an x-ray to make sure? And he's like, yeah, that's what we did last week, I'm sure. And then we say, okay, let's put it off as long as possible and take painkillers, but at the point that we're on the surgery table, we trust our doctor. So some of it yeah. has to do with that.
0: And if, and if we don't trust the guy that we're, we're waiting for on the surgery table, we didn't do a very good job of uh, mm-hmm. asking all the right questions. Now, I will Correct. say, though, if someone said to me, I need to get my hip replaced, I would say, well, can we do an x-ray to make sure? And they would say, yeah, we did that last week. And I would say, how about an MRI and a CAT scan? And- sure physical therapy. And what about a massage? Maybe I just need a massage.
1: And maybe a (laughs) chiropractor, depending how you feel about that. Yeah, of course, we're going to, we're going to verify, but we're not going to, you know, at some point we're going to accept that what the expert said is true is true. So, um, but yeah, we, we may need to do another session with with your folks about, you know, kind of sales and how to breach those conversations. No, no pun intended.
0: No, pun definitely intended, and I liked it. It,
1: it um, wasn't, but it, but it does work, so I'm not going to argue.
0: Um, Jennifer, we're actually working on a threat security data aggregation platform that parses emails from multiple systems and turns them into a dashboard view, says Zach. He said he should show it off to you.
1: I'd love to see it.
0: Zach, feel free to shoot an email over to Jennifer. Um, any Anyone else? If you guys have questions, feel free to email Jennifer. Jennifer, are you going to add them to your email marketing list if they shoot you a question?
1: Not if they shoot me a question. If they downloaded the 15 ways, I probably will. Uh, but if you email I'm me and say I downloaded that. your 15, yeah, if you downloaded my 15 ways, but you hated what I said and you're still listening to me, I we, we could probably quibble <laughs> over that. If you're still on the <laughs> on the call, you obviously got some value out of what we talked about. I um, but no, if, if you if you shoot me an email, we're just going to dialogue like we're friends. So it's fine.
0: That's fantastic, um, and then I would I would love still uh, just for my own curiosity if you could send me over um, just pricing sheets on everything because I am I'm I'm wanting to check it out further, and to answer your question, sir, uh, no contracts, month to month. Month so. to month,
1: it is totally a month to month. It comes from our MSP days. We hate month. We hate long term contracts, three year contracts. We hate buying big blocks of licenses, so we don't do any of that
0: excellent thank you so much for being here jennifer um my pleasure i'm gonna i'm gonna do a separate video that's going to be significantly shorter just trying to wrap all of this up and put a bow on it um jennifer you are welcome to to share this with anybody that uh is kind of on the fence this will either help sway them towards or against you i don't know but okay. uh, you you guys are, are more than welcome to use this video for anything you need to okay
1: Excellent. Appreciate you having us on today.
0: My pleasure. You're welcome anytime. Okay.
1: Take care. We'll talk soon.
0: Thanks so much. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, If anyone has any final questions, go ahead and ask Jennifer. Uh, You can send her an email, Jennifer at Carver.net. You can go to Carver.net and get signed up. She did put up a a coupon code. I believe it is MSP webinars is the code. Uh, I am giving this one away. Enjoy. Okay. This is, uh, this is not a, um, uh, member only one. So anyone that sees the webinar gets access to this deal. Uh, it will also be in the member area just in case, but if, if you saw the webinar, you get it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to check the software out. I think I want to kind of do like a little demo like I did with, uh, um, Threat tracker. I think that's its name. I'm no threat locker. Wow. Um, I want to do a little demo like I did with threat locker because uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just neat. I want to see how it all works. So yeah, uh, maybe wanna, we do
1: like a staged, stage detonation and watch, watch it do its thing. those are actually a lot of fun. So yeah, I know <laughs> I
0: can't, you know, and then we got to get the guy from, from uh Datto. So he can just set it all on fire when we're done.
1: There you go. Erase the evidence, right?
0: All right, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off the stream. You all have a great week and I will see you next Thursday.